Welcome to Bible Studies for Life Adult Podcast. I am Lynn Pryor, and with me is my co-host, Chris Johnson. Glad you joined us for this weekly session-by-session podcast as we look at the studies in Bible Studies for Life. Joining Chris and I today is Ken Brady. Ken, I'm glad that you took the time to be with us. I'm thankful for the invitation, Lynn, and hey, Chris. Hey, Ken, good to see you. Now, Ken, let's uh, just, for, for our, our, those who are listening, just bring them up to speed on who you are. For Chris and I, you are our boss. You are the director, uh, or you're the manager of Ongoing Curriculum. But Ken, you also have launched something in recent days, uh, last couple of months. You have a podcast. You want to take a moment and tell us about your podcast? You bet. It's uh, being hosted on a site called Podbean, P-O-D-B-E-A-N. And you can go there uh, on your uh, laptop or mobile device, uh, and once you get there in the search area, just type in Sunday School Guy, and you'll see uh, it'll pull up, and you'll be able to subscribe right there. I try to release one or two a week, and uh, trying to keep them to about 10 minutes each, uh, just some short uh, words of encouragement and advice on all things Sunday School. All right. Well, good. And uh, of course, I, I want to call you be be a little more formal and call you Mister Sunday School. But it's Sunday School Guy. And Sunday Ken, I just want to say I am thankful that you're doing that. Uh, it's a it's a it's a great resource that you're providing us. So thank you for doing that. You bet. Uh, we are in the middle of a study called "Living with Hope in a Broken World." This is the third session, and our focus this week is is going to be. All of the sessions are in First Peter chapter, the book of First Peter, and so I want to lead with a question that I think is probably in in most of our our content. It is when have you bought something based on a friend's recommendation? I'm tossing that out to you all. Our hope is that our groups will start with this, so that it's it's kind of an easy way to begin a Bible study. So you're talking about something where anybody can jump in. So. Ken, jump in. When have you bought something on somebody's recommendation? Yeah, years ago when I first decided that I was going to get serious about golf, I began doing some research online, Chris, and was trying to determine, you know, what set of clubs do you buy? What brand do you go with? And it got really confusing. And so I started asking some friends that were golfers, and uh, the consensus seemed to be Callaway. And so based on several recommendations from some guys that I trusted that were golfers. Uh, they love Callaway, and so I just kind of adopted that as my brand, and literally uh, all of my clubs, all 13 clubs in my bag are Callaway from putter all the way up to driver. Funny story here. Yeah. Phil Mickelson uh, is uh, Callaway is his yes. sponsor. Yes, he is. And he always said that Tiger Wood would have been such a great golfer he just, if he just had a good set of clubs. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. Well, Ken, I had never thought about getting a recommendation on golf clubs because I usually just use whatever putter the miniature golf place gives me. So, uh, but, but there is one thing that I realize I uh, – recommendations, and this is a, not a once in a while. It's periodically. When I hear someone say, hey, I just saw such and such movie, you ought to go see it. That's mm-hmm. a recommendation. Once again, depending on who the person is, that's true. Uh, that's a recommendation. I, I I take much more much more so than just watching the commercials on TV. 
Well, now I happen to know that you you guys hang out together and go to movies together. So do you depend upon Ken's recommendation or is he one of those guys that you just kind of, uh, well, I'm not sure about this. Oh, no, I found that Ken's got good taste <laughs> in his movies. I, I, I trust him completely with that. Well, I just had to ask. Uh, right. So I have been recommending brisket biscuits, <laughs> something that I stumbled upon recently, and I've never heard anybody say, "Oh, that's that's horrible. That was a bad idea." And I think the other thing that comes to my mind is Yetis. Uh, that, that that's been a game changer for a lot of people. Uh, that that was recommended to me. My, my actually, my sons bought me at my first one, and they're absolutely amazing. And how cold they keep. Uh, iced tea from Dunkin' Donuts, not a plug or anything oh. there. Well, Chris, right. th this is a good um, a good icebreaker to talk about how people recommend things to us, because the, the point of our study is this, that our hope we have in Christ, it points others to him. And the idea there is that my life that I live, that hope I have in Christ is an endorsement for others. You ought to also follow Christ. You know, just kind of looking at it that way and so we're gonna we're gonna look in first peter chapter two in our study this week as we talk about our testimony of our hope and how it is an endorsement for others to want to have that hope as well so we're going to begin uh, we're going to be looking at the first uh let me see verses four through 15 as we get into this but let me just read uh just a portion of uh verse six where, where Peter wrote this, I lay it, he's, he's quoting scripture. He says, see, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and honored cornerstone, and the one who believes in him will never be put to shame. So there's an emphasis, emphasis here on Christ as our cornerstone. That's a pretty strong testimonial, I would say. Yes, and and the writer uh, Michael Cat wrote this study. As as Michael uh, talks about this, he talks about who we are being built into a spiritual house. You know, the Old Testament talked about the the tabernacle, and then it talked about the temple. But now, instead of a temple, we are that vessel. We are that house. I found it interesting in the first few verses, in verses four and five, that T Peter plays on this. Uh, idea that Jesus is a living stone and we are also living stones. Um, and it, it caused me to reflect on, I wonder if Peter had in mind the fact that Jesus looked at him one day and said, you are Peter, Rocky, okay. and upon this rock, this Petra, and there's a wide variety of interpretations there. I, t I happen to lean toward that idea that he is saying upon this statement of faith that Peter said, you are the sure. Christ, the son of the living God upon this rock, I will build my church. Um, so I, I, I can't help but wonder if Peter didn't have that conversation with Jesus playing in his mind when he's writing these words to the church. Yeah, very well could have. Yeah. And, and, you know, Chris, you mentioned uh, verse uh, four in that living stone. And I like the way the verse begins uh, because it says, or Peter wrote, you know, as you come to him. And uh, you know, my initial thought goes to, mm. you know, as I come to him in faith uh, for that initial you know, salvation moment. But our author uh, here, Michael Catt, was very quick uh, in the study to point out that that phrase uh, is not uh, necessarily associated with that coming to faith, that initial time, he is talking here, the word picture, uh, and the Greek behind it would lead us to believe that uh, this is a picture of people that are constantly drawing near to Jesus. They are uh, in a lifestyle of 
of relating to him this living stone. And I love that thought, uh, that that is something that should be a part of every believer's walk, is that constant coming to him. Right. And, and there's some great word pictures there that I think have value for us to talk about in our groups. Well, I, I was just going to transition to he, he, keep, he keeps on that, th- that theme you mentioned early on, that, uh, that mention of Jesus being this, this cornerstone. And he follows that right up in verses 7 and following, the, quoting the passage that says that the, that the stone, there was a stone that, build, that builders rejected. The one, that one became the cornerstone and a stone to stumble over and a rock to trip over. So um, he, he, a lot of play on words with rocks and stones and cornerstones, uh, connection to scripture. Uh, it's kind of all in there for, uh, for us as we look together at this passage. Yes, and it's interesting, too, that although the, the unbelievers, they stumble over this stone, Yet for others, those of us who trust in Christ, we don't stumble at all. We can stand confidently because he is that stone. He is that cornerstone. It's interesting the, the words that he throws together later in that same, in, in verses um, 9 and 10, which, are, which have a, a lot of strong Old Testament ties where he uses the idea of the Jewish people or Israel. Uh, initially, these are all quotations from the Old Testament that uh, a, a Jewish audience would understand. And he, he, he takes all of those terms and says, this is true for us as believers today. We are a chosen race. We are a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. We are a people for his possession. So it's just some powerful words. I think that uh, as people are into the study, uh, it will it will be good for them to take time to look at those phrases and the importance of them uh, from an Old Testament perspective as well as from a New Testament perspective. Yeah, the one thing that I learned uh, <clears throat> that I did not know and I hate to admit that, but I didn't know this. Well, I knew this information here about Antonia's fortress. And our writer uh, mentions that, that there was a fortress that uh, Herod built, and it became the uh, place for the Roman government uh, to meet there in Jerusalem. But what I did not know is that uh, down at the base of that tower, that there was a massive stone that evidently was carved out to be used in this fortress. Uh, but uh, it was it was rejected by builders for some reason, and it's it was sitting there in Jesus' day, and uh, and it's it's fascinating to know that that uh, that Jesus could have said these words in a place where uh, people could have seen that that stone that those masons rejected, as he's talking about himself being that stone that was going to be rejected uh, by many people. I'm just fascinated by the the history yes, yes. that connects to the Bible, you know. And I love that about this this group of lessons and about a lot of our lessons where we make those those kind of connections that uh, we have the opportunity to take advantage of um, the writer's life and experience and knowledge that helps us to uh, have a different perspective uh, on, a, on a scripture passage that maybe we've heard before. But that whole idea gives it a whole different uh, out, uh, perspective. Then to bring this back to us today in in 2020 as we as we see how peter described it for, in their first century world there's a great question that's in our personal study guides which brings us up today to how do people today 
stumble over Jesus. Uh, certainly, the, we, uh, Paul went into detail how the Jews and the Gentiles stumbled over him. It was foolishness to him or a stumbling block. But that's still true today. There are people who stumble over this idea of Jesus. I think even more and more today, Lynn, stumble because we live in such a culture where uh, truth uh, is not seen as an absolute. And uh, you and I could have competing versions of the truth but be right. And so, you know, today so many people uh, will not accept that Jesus is God's only son and the only way to salvation. Uh, and so that becomes a major stumbling point for people in their faith journeys if they reject Christ. Right. And then there's people who put so much faith in science and they assume that science and scripture are opposed to each other. Of course, we know that's not true. But that's a stumbling block for them. They think, well, you follow the Bible, I follow science. And that, that, that's a sad way to view it. Uh, but that is a stumbling block for some people. So I want to get us to, to the close of this. And I want to point out something that I discovered several years ago when I was preaching through First Peter. The number of times he makes this kind of reference, kind of tying us back to the, the reality that we are um, a, a testimony of our hope that we live this out uh, in, in full view, hoping that others will uh, desire to know more about Jesus. So he says in verse 12, conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles so that when they slander you as evildoers, they will observe your good works and will glorify God on the day he visits. And then in verse 15, he says, for it is God's will that, that you silence the ignorance of foolish sure. people by doing good. I was shocked as I was preaching through first Peter, how many times Peter makes this reference to be sure to live your life in such a way, have a testimony so that it always points people to God. And it causes people uh, who, who, who want to say evil and horrible things about you. But when they look at your life and look how you live your life and what, what your values are, it doesn't align with what they're trying to do in trashing you. That's right. And, and Michael Catt does this in the personal study guide. He says he looks at this passage and sees those three ways that we live, but it's, it's the way we live that exemplifies Christ. Abstain from sinful desires, submit to authority, and then the third one, to do good. And when we do that, we exemplify Christ, and our lives then can lead others to also seek to glorify and exemplify Christ. Right. And it's I love verse 15. Chris, you've already mentioned this. One. You've already you know, quoted it. But uh, he says it is God's will that we uh, silence the he calls it the ignorance of foolish people by doing good. And honestly, guys, that I mean, that's that's in season and out. I mean, it's, you know, uh, whether it's first of the year, middle of the year, whether it's at work or if it's in the neighborhood or as I go and interact with people, my behavior and my conduct as a believer matters, and it can point somebody to Christ as we stand out as different in the culture. So the, the last section that we would, in our Bible study groups, is this idea that we would live it out. And I think uh, no matter how good our discussion is and we want to keep talking, we got to make sure that we save time to talk about the so what. 
what do I do with this? Uh, this is great to talk about what, what happened in the first century, talk about stumbling blocks. But what do I do now? So there is a live it out section in our books, and there's one that just grabbed my attention. There's three of them, but the one that says just to be honorable, to start your day by asking the Lord to make, make you mindful of ways you can honor him as you go through your day. Well, that's rich, because if I am consciously trying to live my life under the power of the Holy Spirit in a way that honors Christ, that will point others to him. Good word, good word. Hey, we want to thank you for listening to this podcast for Bible Studies for Life. Glad, glad that you're, you're, you're joining us. Hope that it's been helpful to you. One of the things that we know is we, we are trying to, to have these kind of conversations so that this is for everybody who might possibly be a part of a Bible Studies for Life group. But we also know we have some teachers that listen, leaders who, um, uh, who, who listen to help them in, in, in preparation, but also to give them something that they can pass on to folks maybe that, that aren't there on a, on a given Sunday so they can hear some of the ideas as well. But if you'd hang around, if you're a, a leader, uh, Ken's going to talk about a tip, a teaching tip that may be helpful, beneficial to you as you teach in the coming weeks. All right. But before he gives his tip, can I give my little 60-second commercial? Go for it. All right. Uh, there is something available for leaders. It's called, here, here's a profound name for it. It's a leader pack. It's a pack of stuff for the leader. Uh, but I, I love the leader pack because uh, – it complements what we're doing in our in our discussions in our uh, group time, but it complements it with some posters, some great visual aids, uh, just some uh, handouts for some additional ideas and thoughts and it lets me really customize the plan and look some different options I could do with my group uh, I love the richness of that there's also in that leader pack there is a uh, just a card but it has a code on it that is as if you've purchased the leader pack that code lets you go on and get all these same ish, uh, pieces of the pack you can get them digitally and but the, the value of having digitally is, of course, if you use a PowerPoint, something like that, you can put these posters on display there. But there's something else in that digital pack that I really like, and it's that we have the same commentary and the same teaching plan, but it's like in a Word document. And the value of that is I can now take that Word document, same teaching plan, and I can customize it. I can move things around. I, I may tweak a question. I may want to rephrase it. It lets me customize it. When I'm through, I hit save, I hit print, I print it out. That goes in my Bible with me to my group, and it's now a customized plan just for my group. So with that, anyway, that's part of the leader pack, and uh, that's my 60-second commercial. So I'm through. sounded like a teaching tip, but we'll ask Ken to give us another one. I'll be glad to do that. So every group that I've ever been a part of uh, always has somebody who uh, I'm going to use the word, you know, they're an over-talker, you know, just the person that likes to – hear themselves they like to jump in and dominate conversations ask you know answering the questions before other group members have the opportunity to jump in and if you do have that person in your group it's it's tough and uh in these days right now you know where many groups have moved online that can still happen online you know when you're in a zoom meeting or whatever you're using to you know stay connected to your group online and so i've got four very quick uh tips on how to deal with that over talker in your group. Uh, the first one is to call on specific people in your group to answer questions. So you have to think this through beforehand, but that's just a quick email or a text message uh, to several folks in your group and say, look, 
when we get together, I'm going to call on you to answer the first question in the, uh, the study, or I'm going to call on you to answer the second or the third. So just be thinking ahead. And so in my group, I can manage that over talker by calling on specific people to answer yeah. questions before they get a chance. Number two is to enlist that over talker to answer and assign question. And I can, I can kind of make that work for the group by saying, Hey, you know, John, uh, you always seem to have uh, something to contribute in the group. I would love, I would love for you. Yes, how you do it, you know, lightly. Hey, I want you to answer question three this week. And so, would you focus on that? And that gives me a chance. I'll invite some others to answer these other questions, and that way I may can limit that person, you know, to just that one question. Number three, if they just don't get it, then number three option is to interrupt that talker and to apologize. And you'd have to say something like, hey, John, I love the thoughts that you keep bringing to the table here, but I really want to hear what Lynn has to say about this because we haven't heard much from Lynn this morning. And you know, I see he's got his hand up. And so sometimes just interrupting the talker. And the fourth one is the hard one that you never want to get to if you're a group leader, but sometimes you have to. And that is you have to take that over talker out for some, I'm going to call it coffee and confrontation. <laughs> and just and just gently let them know that uh, by dominating the conversations in the class uh, or the cl online classroom, they're keeping others from being able to contribute. So those are my four quick tips for dealing with those over-talkers. Ken, thank you for being with us today, for sharing with us on the, the podcast. Thanks for the tips. These are all uh, things that will help uh, a leader to deal with that difficult, complicated situation. I think they're very usable. And I hope that that's been beneficial to you who have listened to this as leaders. Thank you for listening to this podcast of Bible Studies for Life. And we pray that God will bless you as you continue to dive into his word in First Peter with living with hope.